All right, guys, what's up? Real quick before we start this episode, I wanted to tell you guys that I was on the Think Green podcast. I think it came out yesterday, so y'all be sure to check that out. That was awesome. Phil's a great guy. Check, check out his podcast, Think Green Podcast. Um, the Think Green Podcast, I believe, is how it's called, and that Phil runs that from Phil's Lawn Care. So y'all check that out, but, you know, check that out. And then after this episode, or you can listen to it now and then come back to this episode. But let's get on with the rest of this episode. See ya. What's up, guys? Hope you're doing great. Testing out my brand new little wireless microphone that um, my brother got me on Amazon. Uh, pretty sweet. Pretty small little unit. Little wireless lapel mic. Um, and it goes, it's for USB Type-C. So, like, for... Android type phones. I do have to take the case off of the phone to use it. Um, it's not a deal breaker, but you know, I might could get like USB C to USB C, um, like female, and then like have a little cord under plug it in so that the little receiver doesn't have to be right against the phone. So that could probably work. Um, but anyway, so first episode testing this out. But I wanted to talk to you guys about Section 179 of the of taxes because we got just a few days left. Now, I am not, just like they always tell you to say, I'm not a tax professional. Um, but so you can't, you need to consult your local um, tax person, you know, regarding advice that I'm going to give. It's not really advice I'm going to give, it's just things that I'm, having to deal with right now in my own current business. So um, so Section 179 is a cool thing. Uh, first off, I would not recommend preparing your own taxes, especially in the long care business. Um, I don't have a full-time accountant, but I do have a professional that prepares the taxes. Um, it's worth the money that it costs for that. Um, we keep very, very clean books. Me and my wife, Emily, of every receipt, everything is documented. Um, we're very clean and organized like that. So, but, you know, it's very risky to prepare your own taxes. So we do not mess with that. Um, but let's talk about the Section 179. So when it comes to that shiny new mower, shiny new blower, shiny new truck, trailer, whatever, um, it's not free money. So. Uh, think about it as if, so let's say, well, first of all, um, your truck, you can, in my state, you can either do mileage, you know, work mileage, or you can do repairs and gas. Um, you can't do both, but you can pick one or the other. So I do mileage because it's like 50 some cents a gallon. Um, I mean, not a gallon, a mile that they basically reimburse you or they just lower your tax liability by that much. They don't reimburse you. Um, and so if you think about it, let's say you drive 10,000 miles, um, 10,000 work miles, which my average is somewhere around like 12 or 13,000 work miles. And then, you know, there are other miles that are like going to church and this and that, but um, around 12,000 is what kind of how my, 
what my mileage kind of has been in past years um, per year. Work miles, uh, especially, it used to be a lot more than that, but as my route gets tighter, you know, like I've had a little less work miles. So anyway, so if you think 56 cents a gallon, you know, that's over, if you 12,000 miles, that's over $6,000 um, per year that I'm able to lower my tax liability by. And I don't, I wouldn't spend that much per year on repairs, especially since I do most of them myself. Um, so, uh, so that's how I do the mileage thing. Cause it really comes out better. You know, I only paid like 14,000 bucks for my truck, 15,000, like out the door tax and everything. So if you think about it, I've had the truck for six years and yes, I've done a lot of repairs and things to it hundred percent. So, but if you think about it, if I'm getting 6,000 dollars back per year um you know and you multiply that by six years or whatever you know i i come out way ahead to do the mileage on my truck um the only way that i could think is it if you maybe the mileage would not come out ahead is maybe if you had a truck that was you know 60 70 grand or something like that so so that well, that it definitely would because then you're able to write off a portion of the co the total cost of the truck, you know, in years to come, and do all that, you know, depreciation. Because I believe that's also another part. If if you were to do um, repairs and gas, is that the depreciation? So that's something I forgot to say right off the rip. So you could depreciate it. So there's a portion of the vehicle you could depreciate. Um, plus, you know, tires and brakes and things and gas. Um, but I just do the mileage way because like I said, a truck is not a lot of money. Um, and so, and I do the repairs myself. You know, I haven't bought, brought my truck to a shop and really in like six years. So um, I've done all the repairs myself. And so you know, so the mileage thing really works out good for me. Um, and it probably will for you too, if you have an older truck or even if it's a newer truck, you got to kind of weigh it out. Like, for example, if you're a guy, if you're a guy that does a lot of driving, let's say you mow for Walmart and you got to drive to like, you know, different Walmarts and you're running a lot of miles. Well, you know, that miles, is going to come, come out ahead, you know, or it, but if you're a kind of guy where I hope to be someday where your, your whole route's only like five miles. Well, um, you know, that, you know, you're not going to get a ton of miles that you can write off. Um, so, you know, those are things to consider, which that's all that's really not even part of section 179. It is, it is part of section 179, but Let's be done with that for right now. We spent about five minutes, six minutes on that. Let's move on to the section 179 that I'm talking about, which is the thing that all of us love, which is, um, I don't love it. I wish there were just, you know, I didn't even have to play like the tax game. So I don't love it, but I guess it is good that if we have to buy mowers and stuff that we, it does come off our tax liability. So let's talk about that equipment 179, section 179. So it's not free money because let's say 
um, let's say it's a $5,000 item that you're buying. Yes, you could write off all $5,000 of that. And you could do that in multiple years, or you could take it all in one year if you needed, if you needed the, um, you know, you need to lower that tax liability um, that year if you made a lot of money or whatever. Um, so I'll tell you kind of a um, kind of a scenario I'm in. So, you know, paying off the house and stuff this year, so we made some extra money. So, like, I think I have, you know, after this month, it'll probably be close to like, I don't know, 3,500, four grand left in my equipment budget for the year. And so I kind of should spend it on something because, um, because, you know, we made a lot of money this year and I, my, you know, I won't make, you know, since I'm shrinking my route some next year and all that on purpose, definitely won't make as much next year. Um, you know, on paper, you know, as I did this year, but I mean, on paper and off, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't do anything under the table. So I guess what I'm saying is though, the numbers on the, the tax numbers will look better, you know, next year for me than they, this year we made a lot of money. So, um, and of course I've already spent plenty of other money on equipment through the year. But so what I'm saying is, let's say it's a $5,000 item and let's say your tax rate was 10%, which we all wish it was that, right? Because even if in, you're in a, a lower tax bracket, you know, by the time you do state, uh, you know, to the state and to the federal, you know, together, even if you're in like the 15% one, you know, it really comes out to about, you know, I don't know, 20 25 or something by the time it's all said and done. So, um, so anyway, so, but, but for easy math, let's just say it was 10%. So if it's $5,000 item that you're buying, that'd be $500 that if you did not buy that item for $5,000, you would have to pay an additional $500 in taxes. Um, a thousand dollars if it was 20%, you know, if that makes sense. So, the thing is, is if, if you don't really need that $5,000 item in your business, it may be better to just pay the $1,000 worth of taxes and not buy the $5,000 item. Um, but you got to, this, this kind of goes in which we were a little more diligent this year than any other year of like looking back. It's a good time right now to look back like figure out, look in your CRM, figure out some way to get a rough, you know, estimate of exactly what you made like gross revenue so far this year. And then you can kind of compare it to other years. Um, now here's, here's a thing, like, let's say if you're, let's say if you're dangerously close to like the next tax bracket and you compare last year, this year, and like, um, you know, maybe, Maybe it would be good to buy something that was kind of big just if you're that close to the next tax bracket. Because if you bump up in a tax bracket from wherever you currently are, you know, obviously that's going to be a big hit. So you got to kind of think about that um, or kind of look at the numbers on that. This whole tax thing is sort of a game. Um, I don't really, 
I definitely don't like the way it's set up. I wish, you know, years ago, several conservative people, you know, politician people have just uh, talked about the fair tax. And I think that would be cool where like everyone just pays the same flat amount, you know, drug dealers, like everyone. Um, you know, I think that would, uh, that would be cool. But anyway, that's not how it works. So you got to kind of pay attention, like compare your, what money you made to last year, what write-offs you had to last year, you know, the difference, um, kind of see how close you are. Like if you're not, if you're not close to the next tax bracket and so that, so you will stay in the same tax bracket, it may be better to just pay taxes and don't buy the item especially if you don't really need it. Um, but like if you're really close to tax bracket, you know, then it even incentivize even more to buy that, that piece of equipment, if that makes sense. So um, like even for me this year, like I said, it would be good to like buy something and I could, since I won't make as much next year, I could buy something and it could kind of shelter my money, if that makes sense. So let's say I bought something that was at a good price. Let's say, for example, I bought an enclosed trailer that was in really good shape and I could sell it for basically what I paid for it or a little more next year. Um, or let's say it's a project mower, whatever it is. Um, you know, that could basically shelter my money and I could sell it and use the money for something else next year. Now, legally here in Georgia, how, how we do it is, so if I, if I did that and I, this is what I've done, you know, last few years, my mowers and stuff. My tax lady, um, she would ask, she would ask, uh, she would ask, like, you know, what mower did we sell? Um, you know, so like when you sell a project mower, um, you need to report that you sold it. So let's say, you know, let's say I bought the mower for twenty five hundred, and then I sold it. For thirty five hundred, well, um, I get the tax write off for the twenty five hundred, and then when I sell it for thirty five hundred, though, I need to tell them that I sold it for thirty five hundred. Yeah, it's something that my tax lady always writes down every year what ones I sold or and this and that. So I need to tell that I I sold it for thirty five hundred, um, and so. I would be taxed on that $3,500 as if I just went out and worked and made the money. But I did get the full write-off when I purchased the machine, unless I scheduled it out multiple years or whatever. I hope that makes sense too. So, you know, that's the legal way to like buy a mower and sell the mower. Hey, let's say you're doing project mowers. I mean, I've, I've done five or six project mowers probably. And I've made some money on them each time. You know, if you wait till the spring and sell them, you can make some money on them. But um, anyway, that that's kind of how I've done it. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking about this year, do I buy some small things? I mean, obviously, if you buy small things, trimmers or stuff like that, it's not really going to shelter your money, especially if they're new, because you're going to lose money on them. Um, even if you were to resell them down the road, you're going to lose money on them. That so, if you're like sheltering that equipment money, let's say next year, like for me, I kind of want to buy a walker mower in the future, like like a B series, like a really nice one. Um, so you know, if I could like buy something that I could resell next year and then also put other monies with it, 
and I could buy something down the road, and then I could still take that tax write-off for it this year, I would just be taxed again on it basically when I make the money from selling the item next year, if that makes sense. Um, so it's kind of complicated, but sort of not. I hope I've explained this pretty well. Um, I'm not sure if I have or not, but, uh, you know, like it is, it is interesting and it's interesting to think about. So I kind of need to find something for this year to buy, um, to do just what I'm telling you, um, what I'm doing. Um, also I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, but I was on Phil's Lawn Care's podcast, um, the Think Green podcast. I was on there uh, a couple of days ago. Well, we recorded it last week, but it came out, I think, Tuesday. Was today Wednesday? So you'll be sure to check that out. Um, I got a lot of other things. I got a $200 hand pruner that I got to tell you all about. I got a new toolbox I got to tell you all about. But for now, I want to talk about this 179. Appreciate you guys, and I will talk to you soon. See ya.